Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Many times as you look at that, we think most of our ministry happens within these walls. That is not true at all. The minute you leave this building, you go into the mission field. That's where we go. Lost people matter to God. It's not in here. Of course, we'll have people saved today because we invite them to church. They can hear the gospel message. But really, we are to be sharing the gospel outside. So this is a church with walls and a church without walls. That has always been the design of Jesus and of God. Sometimes we get in the mindset that the mission field is in another country, far from our regular lives. Pastor Mark will be teaching us that Jesus told his disciples that the mission field was all around them. It was everywhere they went. As Jesus' followers, we need to understand that what Jesus told Peter and John applies to us as well. The passage in Luke that Pastor Mark will be sharing will tell us that we have an advantage those around Jesus didn't have at the time in the story. We have the Holy Spirit living inside us. We need to take advantage of that. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Be Ecstatic. Well, a mission states why you came. Coca-Cola has a mission. Nike has a mission. Apple has a mission. By the way, you're holding one pretty much in your hand. Android has a mission. What was the mission for Jesus? What did it look like? Well, here it is, Luke 19.10. And it's one that's familiar with you, but sometimes we, we make it too simplistic. For the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and save that which is lost. So if we want to write the mission statement, it would look like this on the overhead. Jesus came to seek out sinners, share the good news, and transform their lives for eternity. Now what we discover is Jesus was the role model. This is what he was doing. But really the plan was not for Jesus. The plan is for you. And the plan is for me. God designed people to reach people. So this is just a training session of people learning how to share the gospel, touch people's lives, get rid of demons, heal people, just be with people and encourage them. So let's head back to Luke chapter 10. And that's where we are. And we've already seen Jesus send 12 of his disciples out, his apostles out. Now he picks another 72 ordinary people. And we begin in verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place 
where he was about to go. Last week, we learned that every Christian has a gift. And there's all kinds of gifts. There's spiritual gifts, there's minister gifts, and there's motivational gifts. If you're a Christian, you have a gift. And that gift is to be used with inside the church. Inside the church, not outside. We use that gift to minister to one another and help one another and do all those kind of things. Now, when you think about that, Jesus is going to take us not inside the church, but outside the church. Many years ago, we had a picture that looked kind of like this. You'll see what it looks like. It's an interesting picture. Uh, Here I am. You can't even see me, but I was younger then when we did this. And uh, we just took the end of the building off. Not really. It was just kind of a picture. So where are these 72 going? They're going outside the walls of the church. Well, not really, because in those days, there were no churches. They were already outside. But see, many times as you look at that, we think most of our ministry happens within these walls. That is not true at all. The minute you leave this building, you go into the mission field. That's where we go. Lost people matter to God. It's not in here. Of course, we'll have people saved today because we invite them to church. They can hear the gospel message. But really, we are to be sharing the gospel outside. So this is a church with walls and a church without walls. That has always been the design of Jesus and of God. So here's the next thing you want to write. First thing really this morning is this. Every Christ follower is responsible to share the gospel and touch people's lives. It isn't a certain selected group of people because I don't interact with the people you interact with. I don't work where you work. I don't live in your neighborhood. I'm at the sports field where you parents are out there all the time. So God has placed you and me to share this good news. All through the Bible, we see this. Proverbs 1130. He who wins souls is wise. Romans 10. How can they preach unless they're sent? And as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Your feet, Christ follower, is to bring good news. Wherever your feet go, you're to bring good news. That's why we're here. You remember I told you last week when I was over teaching in Brussels at the church and to a ministry, a bunch of leaders and pastors, I had an hour conversation on the plane with somebody and an hour coming back. Another, and I just got to talk. And you know, if you fly a lot, you can tell what the person sitting next to you is going to be like normally. They get on, and one of the, the first thing they do is, is they take their earplugs out and go like this. You already know. Well, there ain't going to be no talking here. How many know what I'm talking about? You already know. Or they get this book out that's about this big, and they put their head right in it. You know what? They don't want to do what? They're not interested in talking. I have one other problem. When I sit and I introduce myself, and I say, well, what do you do? And they say, well, what do you do? I say, I'm a pastor. They go, uh, stewardess, could I have another seat, please? <laughs> but see, that's where we are. We're outside the walls of the church. I'm just like you when I'm outside here. This afternoon, I'll be in shorts or whatever, going, you know, doing stuff and whatever, meeting people, just like you. I don't take this home with me. <laughs> Can you see me rolling into Publix on wheels? <laughs> I'm not handing out food, but I'm preaching the gospel today. Just step right up here. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. You'd find me down in the jail there somewhere. Now look at verse 2. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is lost people. It's a picture. But the workers, Christians, are few. Pray, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his 
harvest field. So here's what you want to write. What Jesus is saying to these men and these women is this. See the whole world as a field ready for harvest. Now notice what he says. Jesus clarifies the problem. It's not too few lost people. It's there's not enough workers. That's exactly the same problem we have here. There are more than 2 billion people out of seven that have not heard the gospel one time. 2 billion people. Jesus says there's lots of people looking for answers to life, but there's not enough workers. There's not enough Christians. And that's because you and I don't think that's our responsibility. But it is. It isn't anybody else's. So to tell them the answer is Jesus is up to you and me. One day Jesus said this. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. So there needs to be an urgency. Today is no different. Our neighborhoods... Our neighborhoods are filled with people who are trying to do life without God. They're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. I was watching a program the other day. It's called This Is Life. Most of the stuff I record was on CNN. How many of you remember back, um, remember in the 70s? This already dates some of you. It's okay. How many remember the, the festival we used to have in the 70s in the music? Would, oh, you were there. (laughs) Don't admit it. Don't admit it. Woodstock. Well, what happened at Woodstock? Well, they were taking drugs in those days. That was the 70s, remember? They were taking all kinds of drugs. What was the bad drug they really took? LSD. And so people's minds were blown. Why were they there? Because they hated life. There was no solution to them. So they went there. Do you know how Calvary Chapel got started? From the hippie generation. And that's how all these churches, many of the churches around the world, it was called the Jesus movement in the 70s. Because who has a solution to an empty life? Jesus. It's not perfect, but it is the answer. And I watched this. Same place, Woodstock. 50,000, I think it was, but it was all electronic now and all this kind of stuff is going. And I watched for an hour and I watched the person that was doing this from CNN was saying to them, why are you here? And the drug there is not LSD. Now the drug is, is basically this, this kind of a upper thing, ecstasy. They don't realize how dangerous it is because people make it, they make it wrong. You know, my pharmacy background, I know all this stuff and, you know, people are dying and all kinds of things. And so she began to interview people. Now these were basically mm, 20 to 35 year olds. And she's saying to them, why are you here? Most of the people said this, well, life has no meaning. They were educated, many of them, degrees, all kinds of things. It just has no meaning. And we just want to get away for four days. And we're going to dance all night, take ecstasy. They steal it. They get it in all kinds of different ways. And we just want to get the world out of my mind and just be me. Well, it's no different than back in the 70s. 
The same answer in the 70s is the answer this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. So let me ask you a question. Who is going to tell them? CNN? You are. That's what Jesus is talking about. And until we understand the fields are white to harvest, but there's too few workers. We're afraid to share the answer to life, which is Jesus Christ. Now, Proverbs 20 says it like this. If you are too lazy to plow in the right season, you will have no food at the time of harvest. See, that's a spiritual application. People have to make a choice. So can I ask you to just write this this morning? Because this urgency is for us as Christians. We know the answer. Now is the time to plow and sow by sharing the good news. Is that hard? Yes. You see, when we share the good news, how many are a little uptight and nervous if, if you have an opportunity to share the, 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 the gospel, the good news? Come, come on, be honest with me. Yeah, the rest of you are like, no problem, baby. I can just give it from Genesis to Revelation. I've got it. I don't believe that at all. Let's ask again. How many are a little uptight when you have to share the gospel? Okay. You know who else is uptight? The person you're sharing with. They're more uptight than you are. What are they going to tell me? What are they going to tell me? So we're going to learn today what it's like. These guys are going out. These 72 36 pairs of people. They're going out and they're going to share. Now watch what happens. Look at verse 3. Go. He's not going to just give them. And I'm telling you this morning, go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. That sounds exciting. I want to sign up for. Now, did that mean anything in their day? Of course. That was shepherds. What were they protecting the sheep from? Wolves. So, Jesus outlines what they can expect. So here's what I want you to write this morning. The mission requires work. That's why Jesus calls us workers. And he also says, there's going to be danger. So it's going to be difficult. See, Jesus reminds him, this is spiritual. It's a warfare. Satan will come against them when they share the gospel. Satan wants people to remain lost and dead in their sins. I'm sure many of you have experienced this. You've been inviting someone to church. Finally, they come. Finally, they come. Now, let me ask you a question. You've been working with this person and calling and calling and calling, and they finally call you one morning and say, what? I'll meet you where? I'll meet you at church. And 10 minutes before church, you get a call. What are they saying? I can't come. Anybody had that experience? Now, how did that happen? How did that happen? Satan. He doesn't want them to come and what? Hear the gospel. Do you understand that? It's spiritual. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, if you think you can learn the four spiritual laws, good. It's excellent to have a way to present the gospel or, you know, the the gap thing. And and, uh, without God, you can't bridge that gap. That's really good. But we need more than that. One day, Jesus said it like this. When he sent them out, the 72, he says, I'm giving you power and I'm giving you authority. Now, watch what he says in Acts 1.8. You know this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? 
Hello, everybody say the word. Witness. That's what you are. Well, what am I witness? You wished it, witnessed a change what? Life. Your life has been changed. And telling people about me everywhere. So the mission requires you and I to be spirit controlled and spirit filled. Now, if you skip over to verse 10, I'm going to kind of summarize this for you. We've already seen other things. They're not to go with a lot of baggage. They're to keep on target. They're not to stop and do a lot of talking with people. They're just ahead. But when Jesus says you're going to go into some of these towns, watch what happens. Look at verse 10. When you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, by the way, look at me, please, this morning, (laughs) you don't do this. You knock on your neighbor's door, and you say, hey, I'd like to tell a little about the gospel. They said, well, I'm not really interested. You close the door, and you brush your feet on their walk. <laughs> this is not for us, okay? Please. So understand in this day, this was symbolic. And even the dust of your, of your town that sticks to your feet, we wipe off against you. Be sure the kingdom of God. What is he saying? He says, you can't waste your time with people that are not receptive. So move on. It's okay. But there is a responsibility to the people that are not receptive to the gospel. They will suffer that reception. Look at verse 13. Woe to you, Chorazim. And then Jesus mentions three towns. This Chorazim, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. Let me just, let me just share with you. Look at me. It's simple to make it this way. Jesus says, remember what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? (laughs) Burned a town. Well, Jesus says these three towns that are in Israel will eventually never be towns. And he says, he says, these towns saw my miracles. Capernaum was the headquarters of Jesus. It was the headquarters. He did almost all the miracles when he was in Galilee in that area. But they never believed in Jesus. See, people say today... If people can only see a miracle, they'll believe in Jesus. That's not true. And so Jesus says, they rejected him in every town. His hometown rejected him. And what he's saying is, they'll never amount to anything. If you go, and we do every year when we go to Israel, we go to the town of Capernaum. What's in Capernaum today? Ruins. 2,000 years later, it's never become A viable city. It's right there on the Sea of Galilee. It's gorgeous, but nothing. Why? Because they rejected Jesus. And what Jesus is trying to say is, there is a penalty that people will pay, but it's not up to you and me. God will deal with unbelief and rejection. So I want you to write this. Look at it. You need to write it because it's going to happen to you. The mission includes... Rejection. But we never change the message. You're going to be rejected. I'm going to be rejected. Some of you, basically, you're even here right now this morning. You're kind of rejecting me. It's okay. But look what verse 16 says. Look how closely we're tied to God. He who listens to you listens to me. He who rejects you rejects me. But he who rejects me 
rejects him who sent me. Wow. See, I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. If they're not really rejecting me, who are they rejecting? Hello? Jesus and who? God. Every person isn't open to hear the gospel. Jesus knew some doors would simply be closed. Some people don't want to hear the gospel. But don't take it personal. Earlier, Jesus even said this. Look, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. It's just spiritual warfare. So don't become discouraged this morning. Don't live frustrated. Don't try to push open a door to witness that's closed. Don't let the rejection stop you from being on mission. Move on and ask God for another open door. God gives open doors. Just ask for that. Now, when you see that happening, Pastor, what should we do? When people refuse to listen to the gospel. Well, remember, number one, everybody has a free will. The most important gift you have is a free will. You can choose to accept Christ or reject Christ. You can choose a lot of other things. We have that free will. Now, if people want to be left alone without following God, what am I going to do about that? I leave them what? Alone. But what else do I do? What is the next step? I pray for them. Exactly. See, you can't force someone to become a believer. But you can pray them into the kingdom of God. How many of you this morning, and I want you to see the hands around here. How many of you basically rejected people for a long time sharing the gospel with you, but now you're a Christian. Let me see your hand. Look at, look at the hands around here. How did that happen? People prayed for you. And here's the amazing thing. Those people that, that you rejected and just, I don't want to get out of here. I don't want anything. When you get to heaven, they're going to go, you're here? <laughs> don't laugh too much because they're going to go like, you're here. <laughs> We're going to be surprised who's there. And we're going to be surprised who isn't there. Amazing. So don't get discouraged. Prayer changes people, man. It changes people. You're here. I'm here because lots of people prayed for us. If I reject the message of God, it's going to face judgment. But these 72 come back. Scoot on down to verse 17. We don't know how long they were gone. But watch what happens when they come back. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, this is one of the first many pictures of joy. You're going to see joy. We learned today that we have the same assignment that Jesus gave to the men who lived with him daily. Pastor Mark reminded us that we have the power to obey Jesus because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Therefore, it really is up to us to decide to be obedient to the clear command of Jesus and trust Him to prepare the way as we will do His will. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of this message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach from Luke 10. He will be sharing more of the story of the 72 returning from their missionary journeys we will hear the result of their obedience to Jesus as well as his response. There are sure to be plenty of object lessons for us to glean as we listen to that teaching. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.